So, I mean, it's a, I don't want to say it's a happy burden. It is a, it is a powerful, weighty uh, thing to be in this kind of relationship with um, characters from the Bible that lived real, honest, raw, flawed, broken lives. Welcome to Historical Fiction Unpacked. I'm your host, Allison Treat. Hello, readers, and welcome back to the show. This is episode 11 of season six. Now, you're in for a treat today. I don't know if you guys have listened to my other episode with Henry O. Arnold, but he is such a delight to talk to. And part of the reason is because he has the voice of an actor, an audiobook narrator, because that's what he does aside from writing. So we'll talk a lot about, you know, his book, his latest book, The Fugitive King, released yesterday. So we'll talk about that. Um, it's about King David in the Bible. And we will also discuss his life and all the different um, facets of what he does, all the projects he has going at once, and how he manages that. But Henry was on the podcast a few years ago, and I really have enjoyed um, staying in touch with him over the years. He's one of those authors that just has kept in touch through newsletters and emails and, and things like that. So it's great to talk to him again. I did want to mention that I thought it was interesting to talk about um, the history of Israel at this time. You know, I plan out the seasons in advance. And I had no idea, obviously, about the conflict that was going to be happening in Israel and Palestine at this time. And um, just, I mean, it's awful, atrocious what's happening there. But I thought it was pertinent that we discuss part of the really, really early history of Israel in this interview. And of course, we don't discuss the conflict at all. When we recorded this interview, it was very early on. So, um, you know, we don't talk about modern times or what's going on there, but um, it just, I thought, was interesting in light of what's happening now. So, enough rambling from me. I will get now to my conversation with Henry O. Arnold. Henry, I'm so happy to have you back on the show today. Oh, Allison, it's great to be back. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, so your latest novel, The Fugitive King, released yesterday, and it's the fourth installment in your series, The Song of Prophets and Kings. Can you tell me about this whole series and about this particular book? This particular book almost literally picks up where the book three, The Singer of Israel, leaves off. And mm -hmm. um, if, you, uh, if you're familiar with The Singer of Israel, uh, it's David coming to um, Ahimelech at uh, the high priest who has his Levitical school and, and uh, the worship center for the, um, for the Levites in Nob, the city of Nob. And David right. is uh, fleeing the wrath of King Saul, and he stops, to, stops off to see Ahimelech and uh, to get supplied. And then he, you know, makes the mad dash um, into the wilderness. So that's where we last left our hero. And we pick up in the, in the Fugitive King with Saul's hot pursuit of David and David's constant 
um, constant life on the run. And, uh, and it's, it's like uh, the slug line that I came up with was one king uh, desperately on the run, one king in vengeful pursuit, and one nation in dire turmoil. So you can imagine yeah. that um, that that the nation is is uh, reeling from this. Uh, uh, the, I call him the Mad King in pursuit of the new anointed king. But you know, it's 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 quite it's quite exciting with this saga of king pursuing another king. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean that section of the Bible is really interesting and ex- exciting, as you said. It, it, <laughs> like, is. it is. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, um, uh, you know, in, in our day and time of, uh, film and movies and all that TV series, this is, this would, you know, this is an exciting way to visualize what might, you know, what might it look like on film or in a regular uh, a mini series kind of thing? So, um, you know, it's it's a uh, you've got a cast of great characters, and you don't even have to, you know, I, I certainly because it's historical fiction, I certainly take the liberty to embellish right. uh, in ways that uh, that are not. Um, that we don't find in the biblical record, but I don't do anything to mess with the biblical record. It's, it's mm-hmm. it remains intact. And, um, right. Yeah. That's fascinating. And, and we, you were on the show talking about like a few years ago, talking about the release of the first book right. in this series. So can you tell me again, more about kind of the whole series and what inspired you to write it? Well, I love, huge sweeping dramas and and I just, mm-hmm. I specifically love a historical uh series um that are you know that that take bits of history whether it's uh, american history or european or african i mean any part of the world i enjoy learning um through through historical fiction and um, right. just it's it's just a, a, a love that I have um, of reading and in a sense being educated at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. But there is this, as we talked about, I think in the first book and what we've just now been talking about. This is a series that is a sweeping saga of of you know of characters that people are familiar with in right. ways that are, you know, they, they know about David, they know about Samuel, they know about um, Bathsheba, they know about King Saul, they know about the friendship of Jonathan, they know David, you know, killed a giant and uh, and became king eventually. I mean, they were from, even if you're not uh, that a student of the Bible, people are aware of these characters in right. In, in our culture. And, um, so it is a, um, uh, it just, to me, my imagination went, um, it went into overdrive when I began dreaming of this series of matching the first three Kings of Israel, 
and the first three major prophets of Israel. And it just, you know, and that's, that's really what that is. That's the prophets of Samuel, Nathan, and Gad matched with Mm -hmm. King Saul, David, and eventually Solomon and how they all played their roles and the tension between the theocracy and the monarchy and the mm-hmm. dynastic the dynastic families of of you know Saul I mean yeah Saul David and Solomon and then Samuel um and I he plays Samuel plays all through these first four books Something okay. interesting, though, I will say this, something interesting, we do not know who Samuel's wife was. Mm-hmm. All we know is that they had two sons who, mm-hmm. who ended up being reprobates and right. were uh, the main reason, besides Samuel's age, were the main reason why the leaders of Israel wanted a king. Because they right. did not want Samuel's sons to be um, in charge, yeah, and um, and so so anyway, that meant to me Samuel had to have a wife or, or you know whatever, and I chose to create a wife. Uh, mm-hmm. Our character's name is Shira, and I chose to create her. Um, out of whole cloth and, and have this wonderful partnership marriage that they had with, um, one another as they, as Samuel served God throughout his years and that Mm -hmm. she was such an instrumental, uh, uh, force and partner in all of this. And, um, so that was a big thing for me. Yeah, um, and so the first book is about Samuel, and is is it about Saul also, or is that we the meet book? Saul at the end of the first book? We meet him okay. towards the end because it's really um, Samuel as a young man being uh, left at the Levitical school in Shiloh by his parents. Well, of course, Hannah and Elkanah struggling to have a child in the first place, and right. and and that that um, that drama, and then once uh, that happened, then at a you know young age, it's like sending a kid off to boarding school, which is basically what this was. Um, they of course they lived in Rama, and they sent him to Shiloh or left him at Shiloh under the tutelage of the high priest at that time, who was Eli, and mm-hmm. so um, he was raised in this Levitical boarding school to become. He was being groomed in a way we uh, to be the high priest, to become the high priest. But then when Shiloh was sacked and destroyed by the Philistines and they lost the Ark of the Covenant, um, the uh, everyone, you know, the population of, uh, in Shiloh had were, was dispersed and Samuel ends up going home and eventually uh, being called by God to... Uh, well, he was called by God in Shiloh, but it didn't come into being until, you know, Shiloh was destroyed and Samuel had to leave for his life, flee for his life. So 
Um, and he becomes right. the judge and great judge and prophet of Israel for, you know, many, many years and eventually anoints Saul at the end mm -hmm. of book one, which is a voice within the flame. We meet Saul for the first time and his family and, uh, and, and the book one ends with the coronation of Saul. Okay. And then the second book is more about Saul Right. And it, is it the third book we meet David or we meet, do we meet we meet David um at the end of let's see at the end of the second volume which is Crown of the Warrior King yes it's predominantly focuses on uh Saul and his family and his rise to great prominence uh and his victories um and then becoming uh too self-absorbed and gradually uh, separating himself from any real connection with Samuel, and right. um, and 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 so um, through the choices that he makes, and yeah. then at the end of Crown of the Warrior King, uh, Samuel and Nathan uh, sneak off, um, and and uh, under you know it's like a covert action, they sneak off to Bethlehem. And uh, mm -hmm. go through the process of of uh, finding the next king to anoint, and it happens to be the eighth son of Jesse. And they pull him in out of the hills of Bethlehem and anoint him king. But they can't. He can't. You know, nobody can know this. <laughs> right. And then it picks up with um, in book three, the singer of Israel. We see David traveling from his hometown. Uh, with supplies for his brothers, who has who are who is encamped with the army of Saul in the valley of Elah, where they are mm -hmm. having this face-off with the Philistines and, of course, the giant Goliath, and uh, that's the beginning of Book Three. So, right, yeah, and then um, I don't know if I should say since uh, well, Book Four is out when this releases, so right. but the first scene in um, in the Fugitive King is. David finds like um, a relief depiction of Goliath. Well, that's I, that's so wonderful that you brought that up because that's the <laughs> other character that that we is woven in and out of these first four volumes, which is uh, Saba, the Philistine yes. artist, and um, who is you know quite an accomplished artist in in um, statuary and and base mm -hmm. reliefs and all that stuff and he'd been commissioned by Goliath to make this great stone <laughs> that honors him and then of course when they got defeated uh, in the valley of Elah um uh, that uh, stone was we think is destroyed but eventually um uh, Saba finds it and uh, David sees it, you know, and says, mm -hmm. I was there. This is the guy that I killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a great moment. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, Saba ends up taking him in and protecting okay, him. Yeah. And then we, you know, you'll have to mm -hmm. read and find out what, you know, what um, what happens to David in, in, in when he's hiding out in Gath because he's on the run from Saul and uh, right. chooses to go to this Philistine city uh, to hide out. And, and you know, Saba helps save him. Yeah. So um, it's interesting. I know 
it's been a while since you were on the show. So I think that readers or readers, listeners will again be interested to hear about your life because you haven't always been an author of historical fiction. You've had a long career as an actor. Um, You co-authored several books. You've written screenplays and worked as an audiobook narrator. Is that like the bulk of the work you do is audiobook narration? Well, at this this moment, yes, I'm doing, I have done probably 120 or so audiobooks. And, um, uh, but, you know, I still do theater. And next year Mm -hmm. I'm doing a film version of A Christmas Carol. Um, right. A new film version uh, adaptation from the people um, who did. I don't know if you knew this or not, but The Hiding Place. Uh, we did a stage play of that last year and a film of that stage play, which was released in August to like 700 theaters around the country and another 100. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I and think I out. I know it because you told me about it, or I read it right. in your newsletter. One one of the other. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the uh, it will be streamable um, in probably early December, and I can't oh, tell great. you you know what that what those streaming what streaming services will make it available, but mm-hmm. um, uh, but I'm I'm assuming that it will be available on multiple services, and. Um, and I was in that and in the stage play as well as the, um, the film. In the so, hiding place or a Christmas Yeah, Carol? Yeah. Oh, well, the, the, the same people who did the hiding place yes. doing a Christmas Carol. And uh, we will film that. We will do the stage version of that in, you know, in our November-ish, December of next year and film it as well for a later release in 2025. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a um, I'm still got my hands in on the stage and in film and in audio books. And I guess I'm a gig, I'm a gig guy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when the phone rings or the emails c- uh, come in and says, Hey, will you do this? And uh, I usually say yes. So. Right. Great. And those, um, the stage productions are in the Nashville area, correct? Yes, they are. Rabbit Room Theater and Rabbit okay. Room Publishing um, is the company that Rabbit Room, a division or an arm of Rabbit Room is Rabbit Room Theater. And mm-hmm. Andy Peterson and Pete Peterson, the two brothers. Um, yes. Andy is the, is or Andrew is the, is the musician and Pete is the author and, and, and runs the book division and Pete. But I mean, Andrew's an author too. I mean, yes, he is. He is definitely an author. And I, I, um, I'm not as familiar with his work as I am with Pete's because I do, I do plays with Pete. So. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's interesting. You, you really have a lot of things going on. Um, A lot of balls in the air, I guess. Right. Right. Um, well, you got to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And as an author, you need to have multi- multiple streams Absolutely. of income. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably you know. and as an actor as well. <laughs> if I ever become, you know, uh, uh, if I ever become, if no, no one profession, either acting or writing, has taken such control that I can't do anything else. I have to have, as you said, a lot of balls juggled in the air at the same time and 
hopefully uh, a check is attached. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is helpful. Yes, it is. For sure. So um, since this is a different kind of writing for you that you've been into the past few years, how has writing this series about the prophets and kings, how has that impacted your life? Well, it has, number one, it has significantly deepened my relationship with God, I guess. I mean, you know, when mm. I think about it, it's when I think about what I'm studying mm-hmm. and how I, not just the lives of characters so I can make interesting stories, but what is it that God is doing in these people's lives, whether that's, you know, the, the real life characters or fictionalized characters, either one, or and the right. choices that they make, the motivations mm-hmm. that they have, the desires of their hearts or their feel, you know, emotional life. What mm-hmm. does all this mean to to me writing about characters that's in stories that are three thousand years old? And so you know, when I allow my imagination, which is really an act of faith, when I allow my imagination to to be focused in this, you know, in this area, and because of uh, the relationship that I have with the Lord, it it's like it's speaking to me in ways that um, that are very personal mm-hmm. and um, and elevates an understanding of what God might be doing in my life in this day. And uh, so I guess that, you know, that's the first thing that I The next thing is I just love telling a good story and right. I hope tell it well. And I love these characters the mm-hmm. heroes and the villains and everybody in between. I love these characters. And, um, and I guess that's what I have to, well, it's what I have to do as an actor. Even again, if I'm a hero or a villain, I have to love the fall in love with these characters and find the humanity about these people that I can relate to specifically. And I, you know, once I give myself over to that, then my empathetic muscle starts to flex itself and and uh, and and give me an understanding of who these people male and female hero and villain give me an understanding of who they are and what they want to to what information they want to give me in order to tell their story in this yeah. particular art form yeah wow that's really cool we talked about I think we talked about the first four books, but there's another book coming after this one. Yes. Um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what that one? Well, I can give you a working title. It's okay. called The Lion of Judah. Um, mm. the, 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 the only time that phrase is used is in the book of Revelation re- in reference to um, Jesus, of course. And, but, and Jesus comes from the line of Judah. Uh, and mm-hmm. specifically through David, but because the lion, I go back to the the blessings that um, Jacob um, 
blessed his 12 sons before he died. And, mm-hmm. and in reference to King Saul or the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe that uh, Saul came out of, he was referenced as a wolf. Mm. And then the the tribe of Judah, his uh, Jacob's son Judah, his prophetic blessing was in reference to a lion. Right. And so it's it's like these banners, um, tribal banners. Each each of the twelve sons of Jacob has a banner, and mm-hmm. um, and so the symbol for David is this lion, and um, and so I reference i reference that in the mm-hmm. title i don't know if it'll stay um uh but i think s- something like it will you know about lion will will uh remain and it deals with we began david's reign and uh a reunion with michael his first wife and mm-hmm their relationship. And then eventually, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but then, then, um, David, as he sets up his establishes his kingdom in the capital city of Jerusalem, which requires, mm-hmm. of course, um, an attack of Jerusalem because it was held by the Jebusites prior to David. So, you know, he conquers Jerusalem and turns it into the capital city. And then, you know, good and bad things begin to happen. <laughs> right. That, you know, that I'm exploring at this moment right now. So I'm right in the middle of writing the the, the famous part of David's life or infamous part of David's life, which is David and Bathsheba. And all mm-hmm. that. I'm in the middle of that right now. Okay. <laughs> That's one part, one of the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's heavy, life. and you know, I, I I will come into after a day of writing or something. I will come into and talk to Kay and and say, you know, my heart, it's burdened, mm-hmm. and it's all because I've given it to this story, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think, wow, think of the weight of the of the people that it actually happened to the weight on their heart and soul. And, right. um, you know, so, I mean, it's a, I don't want to say it's a happy burden. It is a, it is a powerful weighty, uh, thing to be in this kind of relationship with, um, characters from the Bible that lived real, honest, raw, flawed, broken lives. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I feel like if I can, if I can embrace that, then I can write it in such a way that gives the reader the opportunity to have a similar and yet very, you know, uh, personal experience with these stories and the characters. Right. Yeah, that's, it is true. As an author, you do kind of just experience everything your characters go through. So when you think about writing about real people, it is almost like a heavier burden because you know, this actually happened and right. David really <laughs> experienced <Yeah>. this. <laughs> he did. 
And then, yeah. you know, when you layer God in all of that, mm-hmm. that's, that is a, it, it adds a greater weight to the whole experience. And, um, and it's a mystery that, you know, I don't have the theological chops to explain, but I, I know it's such a, a mystery and, and I hope that my books will deepen the mystery of, mm-hmm. of one's experience Yeah, with, the, you know, with each book. Right. That's great. That's good. Um, so I'm wondering, cause you mentioned, you know, that you come in from a day of writing. How do you organize all these different um, facets of your work? So when you set out to write a book, do you start with the research? And how do you kind of, knowing the other projects that you have to do as far as audiobooks or right. um, productions, uh, you know, stage productions or films or whatever, um, how do you decide what chunk of time to spend on what project? Right. Well, the ones that come with checks get the priority. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Of course. So if, a, if an audio book comes in, then yes, the writing stops for a while to do the audio book and then I go back to it or a film or a stage play, whatever. So that's the, that's the, um, uh, that's the, the funny answer. The, but the real answer is to organize, organizing my life in, mm-hmm. uh, around the writing, because that's what I really want to do uh, more than, more than, you know, the other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It is, you know, it it's, I grab the time when I can, but then there are one of the things about being an actor is there are gaps in your, you know, employment that, mm-hmm. that I seize upon and, um, and will, um, you know, get a, a week or two in of writing that's uninterrupted. And, right. uh, and so, you know, I just finished an audio book this past week, so I didn't write much last week, but I'm going to go into it, you know, this week and, and have a pretty much uh, free time of it. So, uh, for, to devote to it. So, yeah. and, and as far as the practical aspect of it, I usually, it's, I, I, I'll quote Isaac Newton when they ask him, how did you come up with the theory of gravity? And he said, his answer was, because I think about it all the time. And that's kind of my, my MO is I'm thinking about this all the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 what these characters might do or or yeah. say at any given point in the story and how i can wrap my language skills around telling that story that you know makes it believable and relatable to a reader so right. uh, and i'm researching and writing at the same time, I don't say, okay, I'm going to spend the next three weeks researching. I am, I am, and do not, and do no writing. I am researching and writing at the same time. And by this time in the series, you know, when I'm in the middle of book five, I kind of know what's happening 
and know my sources uh, of for you know from biblical commentary to research books on you know the history of the Philistines or whatever I, and the and the 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 Canaanite religions and the Canaanite peoples and all of that. So I kind of know where all of this is going and yeah. how how it needs to fit in to my story to be true to the biblical account. And um, and then as much information as I can glean from extra biblical resources that explains the times and the you know the cultures and all of those things. Right. I mean, obviously, you care about these characters. You're thinking about them all the time. How are you going to feel when you are finished with the fifth book? <laughs> and wow. Yeah. Call me then, Alice. <laughs> you may just see me weeping. Yeah. <laughs> or hear me weeping. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever let these people go. Um, mm. I, I mean, it's impossible. You know, I. it's like when I do a character um, in a play, it's like you've invited this person into your life as a mm. house guest. And... It's it's like when the guest leaves, well, the house stays haunted with this guest's spirit for a long, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> right. And that's what I feel like. My house is going to be in a in a in a nice way, uh, still inhabited with the spirits of these characters, real and yeah. imagined. And you know when you. Yeah, I, I don't see that ever leaving them, but I, it is going to be painful. It's going to be, mm -hmm. it, it's going to hurt to say goodbye. So, right. Yeah. So do you have other ideas for books you want to write after this series? Well, I do have two books that I wrote prior to starting this series, two historical uh, novels that I have written that need attention and mm. uh, white fires interested in one. And we have, um, we'll, I, I, I want to work on the other one. One is about a coal mining incident in um, East Tennessee in the early 1900s. And mm, the other okay. is about a Catholic priest, uh, father Damien who s left um Europe and became a priest to the lepers in uh, Hawaii in the 1860s and 70s and served was served the leper colony that was established in that time. So I've got those two stories um, written enough to go back and and work on once I lay these uh, lay book five to rest. Mm hmm. Uh, well, that's good that you have something to put your mind to right. <laughs> without waiting time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not going to walk into my backfield and just cry all the time. <laughs> it's, it's hard, though. Sometimes you have to have something to channel channel yeah. that energy. Yeah, and that, that's yeah. one of the beautiful things that I, I thank God for is that my mind is always working on, mm -hmm. on you know, what can I do after this? And uh, the next idea. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. The next one. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, well, 
I guess it's good that my last question for you is kind of a fun question. Oh, good. Um, yeah, if you could choose to live in any time in history other than right now, what time period would you choose? Wow. Um, well, of course, I love the biblical time that I'm in right, right now because that's that's because that's where I'm living in a sense at this moment. <laughs> yes. But also, I love the the Middle Ages. I love oh. the the beginnings of of the renaissance and and the the mm. literature that came out of that and of course certainly all the fine just the work of arts that we all um are you know familiar with from the old yes. masters in a sense and and um i would love to be experiencing what that is that that unbelievable creativity those the mm-hmm. all that <laughs> that flow of creative genius that river that that flowed through uh, Europe during the middle ages and the renaissance that just was was uh, you know I'd love to jump in that river and just float for as long as it would last and absorb yeah. all that great you know, creative genius. Right. Yeah. That is interesting. I've never had anyone answer that way before. Usually people are thinking, I want a time when we had, um, you know, hygienic practices and modern <laughs> medicine. <laughs> oh you yeah. Know. Right. 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 But, yeah, be, but yeah. it would be and, a, and indoor plumbing and not outdoor plumbing. Yeah. yeah I get all that. Nice, uh, but I don't think of, <laughs> I'm not thinking. No, that's great. You're thinking, thinking you're thinking more of, of um, just how amazing that time period was. Oh, yeah. With the yeah. creativity. Yeah, right. absolutely. So. Right. Well, Henry, this was a wonderful conversation. How can listeners follow you? I guess the best way to follow me is go to um, henryoarnold.com. That is my website, and it will ask if you would like to join uh, my newsletter uh, and to receive that. That's a bi-monthly newsletter that comes out uh, mm-hmm. that I write. It's called Conversations at the Crossroads, and it's my yes. musings on everything from art to the scripture to uh, life to just it's and my own, and my own personal experiences um, right. that, you know that uh of family and and just in my profession and all of that so you'll you never know what you're going to get each on the first and the 15th (laughs) of every month you just don't know what you're going to read but i hope it's something that uh people will find interesting and then um yeah go ahead no i was just going to say it always is something interesting and i can uh, say that that is a good way to keep in touch with you because if i reply yeah you are quick to answer so yeah Right. Absolutely. If, if you reply to one of, you know, to a conversation that, you know, struck your fancy, then I will reply to it. And, uh, mm-hmm. but that's the best way because I usually, um, all the information about all the books and the screenplays and the plays and films I've done are on my website and, right. um, with descriptions of each, of each, uh, creative work. So, um, that's probably the best way to stay in touch with me. Okay, great. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, Allison, it is such a pleasure.
and you know, let's do it again at book five. And yes. maybe we'll spend the whole time just listening to me crying because I've had to give it up. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to say goodbye to these wonderful people. Oh, <laughs> I have a feeling that you'll have something wonderful and new to work on. So you won't be crying the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. been such a pleasure. Thank you. Me too. Thank you. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Henry O. Arnold. How could you not? He really is a delight. Let me remind you to go to the show notes where you will find all kinds of helpful links, including links to Henry's books and ways that you can follow him. If you can't find the show notes in your listening app, then you can always find them online at alisontreat.com slash blog. That's A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T dot com slash B-L-O-G. While you're on the show notes, please sign up for my newsletter to keep in touch. And also, while you're in your listening app, subscribe, follow, rate, review. That really helps out the show, helps people find the show who will enjoy it. Now I'm going to close us out with a quote about characters because of everything that Henry said about loving his characters so much. I thought this quote from William Faulkner was apropos. It begins with a character, usually, and once he stands up on his feet and begins to move, all I can do is trot along behind him with a paper and pencil, trying to keep up long enough to put down what he says and does. So my friends, keep reading historical fiction, and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you.